0: And now it's time for the Am I Worth the Time Show? So enjoy yourself with the game. Am I worth the time Woo! enjoy yourself Save the life. ladies and gentlemen to the Am I Worth the Time show and we thank the Lord for this day. It is a good day. It is a good day. Yes. It is a marvelous day and we are grateful for this day. Yeah, we're grateful for this day. We thank. we are super excited about what the good Lord has done for us this day. Amen. Yeah, we're, we're super excited. We're super excited, and I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing. Good God of my Brother Gary, how you doing? I am doing wonderful, Bishop.
1: Man, that is good. How your day been? Day has been wonderful as well. We had a wonderful weekend. God is good. We just give him all the praise.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You show right. God is good. And I can't thank him enough for that's his right. goodness. Yeah, I can't thank him enough for his good goodness, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, we want to go ahead and we want to share with you a scripture today. We want to share a scripture with you today. And that scripture that we want to share with you is found. Ah, uh, it's a blessed day. We got some fabulous guests that's going to be coming. Uh, uh, we got some fabulous guests that's going to be. Uh, coming, uh, we got Chief Noakes um, that will be with us here uh, shortly, and we are truly thankful um, for him that is heading to the st- studio today, Brother Jackson. We we truly thankful that the chief uh, was able to take out of his time and schedule, Chief Neil Noakes of the Fort Worth Police Department. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, come sir. And be part of the Am I Worth the Time show with us. And talk with us a little bit and share uh, some views and thoughts um, in the direction for department and even yeah. uh, with the department, with the community. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's a good good thing. And so uh, I want to read this scripture before I, I get off on that, before he even gets in here. I, I want to read this scripture. And it's a scripture right in Psalms. Psalms. Uh, 142 ladies and gentlemen Psalms 142 this scripture says in Psalms 142 and it simply says starting with verse 1 I cry unto the Lord with my voice with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication I poured out my complaint before him I shewed him before I shewed before him my trouble when my spirit was overran within me then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge. Yeah. And my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry. For I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors. For they are stronger than I am. Bring my soul out of prison. That I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about. For thou shalt dwell bondfully with me. (laughs) As Psalms 142 In its entirety, the 142nd number of the Psalms in its entirety. Brother Jackson, lead us in a word of prayer.
1: Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you that you're all-knowing God. As your word that uh, Bishop just shared, <clears throat> you're all knowing that, you know, the hairs on our head, the number of the hairs on our head, you know, our, our rising, our sittings, our going, our coming. And we just thank you. Now, Father, I just pray that for, for all of us that's listening, whether live or recorded, oh, God, that you draw us near, that we shall know our paths that you have for us. We shall know our purpose that you've created us to to do and to walk in this earth. Lord, we thank you for your mighty, your awesome, and just a great God. And I just pray, Lord, that we are able, in the midst of our challenges and situations and circumstances, that we can that you will open our eyes, that we see your goodness, and that we seek your goodness. We seek your kingdom, and we have a hunger and a thirst for your word. So, Father, we thank you again for this broadcast. Let it reach and touch hearts uh, by your spirit, and we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: All righty, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> uh, we'll be right back we're gonna go to a little song and we'll be right back and maybe a black history person will be calling here shortly
2: music has gone too far you think we've gotten too radical with our message well i got
3: news for you you ain't heard nothing yet and if you don't know now you know glory, glory.
0: <laughs> you better put them hands together And act like you know up in here G.P. Yeah, I be going through some things really got me
4: down Put your hands together Come on I need someone to rise Help me come
0: and my life up I feel like having some church up in here
4: Devil makes me cut, makes me cut my head, makes me want to
1: dance,
4: right. oh you better put them hands together and have a Holy Ghost party.
0: Thank you. Today, we, I think we got Lady Lady, Lady Jackson, you on here?
4: Yes.
0: All right. How you doing today, Pastor Jackson?
5: Oh, I'm doing wonderful.
0: Well, that's good. Hi. That is good. I'm so thankful that you made it with us. Uh, go ahead and share with us, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Gina Jackson on the line, who's going to share with us this February. Black history person. Come on.
5: Okay. I have an interesting um, black history fact today. Um, The person that I will be talking about today is Ottawa W. Gurley. And he was called O.W. Gurley. And he was a wealthy African American. He was a landowner from Arkansas. And he transverse, in other words, he moved the United States to the the United States to participate in the Oklahoma land run of eighteen eighty nine. He resigned from a presidential appointment under Grover, President Grover. Cleveland to strike out on his own. In 1906, Gurley moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he purchased 40 acres of land. He was the visionary of Black Wall Street. Out of 600 businesses in Tulsa, Gurley owned at least 100. As a result of demand and need, he started these, uh, buying this land because, um, his culture, his color of skin could not go to other places of business to purchase, uh, food, to go to the restaurants, uh, and so he, Seen a need, and so he uh, began to purchase land. And he purchased the land that is called uh, the Greenwood District. And so he had the vision to purchase all of this land so that he could help others that would come to Tulsa. And they could come, they could find a job, they can go to the doctor, they could go to restaurants they could go wherever they needed to go he provided that because he had a vision that if uh, a black person needed um needed a place to go to get groceries or whatever he had that vision where that would be supplied and so he continued to build Hotels and everything so that everything would come into that community so that they would have everything that they needed. So during his lifetime in Tulsa, he was an educator and an entrepreneur. And um, he, um, he built a three two-story buildings. And five residences, and bought a 80 acres for farm uh, farmland in Rogers County. Gurley also founded what is today Vernon uh, A.M.E. Church, Mount Zion Baptist Church, Dunbar and Booker T. Washington Schools, Ricketts a restaurant, Williams Dreamland Theater, Man's Grocery Stores, Stafford Hotel, drug stores, cafes, barbershops, and beauty salons. He believed that as black people, we had a chance if we pulled together our resources. And so That's what became of what we know as Black Wall Street.
0: Wow. Wow.
5: Uh, He was born on Christmas Day, 1868, in Huntsville, Alabama, growing Hmm. up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Hmm. Uh, Largely, he was self-educated. He married his childhood sweetheart, Emma, who became a teacher and later worked for the united states postal service garley risked everything to join a stampede of homesteaders seeking freedom opportunity and wealth in the great oklahoma landline
0: wow now what's what was what was that black history name again
5: Ottawa
0: W. Gurley. Wow. Ottawa. <laughs> Ottawa, you gotta give it up for Ottawa.
4: <laughs>
0: That's a name. Wow, that is a name. Thank you so much for sharing uh that black history person and uh Man, I tell you, black history. Now, I didn't re- remember hearing you saying any. I'm taking they still alive. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all <laughs> right. Because I, I didn't hear no expiration date. And that's good. That's good to, yeah, was, to know that we still got some folks among us. Yeah. Yeah, that, that has put some marks. Uh, and, you know, black history is being made uh, every day. Yeah. Every day yeah. black history is in the making. So I thank God for that.
1: Yeah, he was quite an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, and that, that, that's uh, and nothing's wrong with entrepreneurship. I think entrepreneurship is real good. Yeah, I think it's a boy tie.
1: Pastor Jackson, how many how many businesses did he have?
5: He had oh, uh,
1: at least a hundred. At
5: least a hundred. You no, know, there were six hundred in Tulsa.
1: He had at least
0: 100. Wow. Wow.
1: Wow. I think many people know the history of uh, Black Wall Street and that Greenwood um, addition there in Tulsa that uh, got burned down. Yes. And uh, now it's a freeway that runs through there. But uh, I ran into some students from University of Texas and said they still study Black Wall Street in the economics uh, division of the University. Yeah. So it was very powerful times, and you know that's something in our history that we can be proud of. Yeah. And look yeah. forward to it. If they can do it back then, you know, it can do it now.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You sure right. And I, I'm I'm thankful that our Black history is a is a rich history. Yes. It's very rich, and I'm so thankful for that. So we are truly uh, grateful. Uh, for that now, now, Brother Jackson, and, and thank you again, Miss Jackson, for sharing. Now, you were sharing something about that one forty-two we was talking about. Go ahead and oh, yeah, highlight I gotta- that. Uh- yeah, I got to I gotta get back to
1: it. I got to get back to it.
0: Yeah, we highlight that a little bit while we waiting on the chief to get in the studio with us. And when the chief, uh, Neil Noakes of the Fort Worth Police Department, uh, once he get in, we're going to also be going to Facebook Live. And well, we're going to be allowing a few phone calls. But the most important thing, we want to hear some comments and thoughts from our chief and as well as um, – Uh, allow some of us to to have some comments or whatever uh come on
1: yeah and that psalms 142 when you were uh speaking of that i was just looking at uh, verse 3 that was uh very encouraging it says when my spirit was overwhelmed within me then you knew my path and in the way which i walked for they had secretly set a snare for me. So it was It was those times that it's in those times, I just want to give a word of encouragement, it's in those challenging times that we have when it seems like our spirit is overwhelming us, God says that he knows our path and in the way that we shall walk. If we can just trust and depend on him, then he'll show us the way to get him out of those things and and while we're yet in and have our peace and our joy and um uh, and that will settle our spirit. <clears throat> I know uh this past weekend I had a pass a call from my past. And uh you know we had to shoot that thing down. We have to remember something when we come out of when the Lord brings us out, not when we come out, but when the Lord brings us out of something, the devil don't and, and I'm not going to find the devil, but the devil don't give up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He'll keep right. on
1: trying to draw us in and trip us up, but that's the goodness of God cuz he said he knows our path and in yeah. the way which we shall walk.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So those of us that our spirits are overwhelmed for whatever reason, God has not gave up on us. He's made a way out of no way. And he said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That's right. For his presence is always with us. That's right. He's always with us. So we appreciate him. And, yeah, I just wanted to share that word, Bishop. And uh, I got it. Yeah, so we we just thank God for that word and um, and appreciate it. And so take that as a word of encouragement uh, for today. And we look forward as we go forth in the show.
0: Amen. All righty. You show right, sir. You show right. Thank you. Right All right, ladies and gentlemen. We thank we thank uh God for what what brother Gary Jackson has shared with us. And so we are just just grateful. Uh, yes. to know that he is, uh, God right. is good to us and he's God. Amen. God is great with us. And so, uh, we are just truly, truly honored to have, uh, in studio with us today. Our guest, <clears throat> our guest is, uh, with us today and we are truly grateful. Uh, for having I guess in studio and I thank uh, some of the fellas <clears throat> for being in studio with me as well uh, with uh, our guests and if you don't know our guess, I guess is none other than uh, Chief Niels Noakes of the Fort Worth Police Department y'all come on and give it up for Chief <laughs> Noakes yeah, yeah Chief Noakes of the Fort Worth Police Department, and we thank you, Chief, for taking out your busy schedule to stop here on the Am I Worth the Time show. How you been doing?
3: First of all, uh, thanks for having me. The honor is all mine. I appreciate it very much. Uh, been doing really well. Good. Been doing good. really well. And I tell you what, God is good. Yes, he, he is. is. Yes, he all is. All the time, <laughs> we had an officer who, may, you know, if things had gone a little bit differently, wouldn't be alive today. Yes, sir. Hmm. Yep. He was severely injured over the weekend trying to mm. keep someone safe on the freeway. He was almost hit by a drunk driver and oh, went wow. about 40 feet over the side of a uh, 820 onto wow. The concrete. Wow! Pretty much destroyed the entire right side of his body, but God saw fit to make sure that he was able to live another day. Okay. Wow! He's got yeah. a long road ahead of him, but he wow. will be okay. strong, and uh, we're all thankful for God's love, God's grace. Yes, sir. In fact, that he spared that young man's life. Yes, yes sir. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. So, how are you doing, though? How are I'm you doing? Well,
0: are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> and, and I understand. I, I just want you to know, Chief, uh, that I want you to be doing well mentally and spiritually, because your job is a very job. <laughs> yes, sir.
3: <laughs> it gets difficult at times. Yes, yes
0: sir. sir. Yes, sir. And I, again, we thank you for uh, joining us here on the at My Worth the Time show. And I, I want to uh, just ask you, Chief. Uh, With the many people have heard uh, the saw about the advisory board. Help us
3: help us to understand uh, the advisory board. Thank you. That's a a great question. I think one that needs a lot more clarity. So to really do anything impactful, anything positive, anything lasting in Fort Worth, it's got to be a collaborative effort. Okay. we've got to do this together. The, The police department cannot do it alone. The community cannot do it alone, but if we come together. Yes, sir. I don't see much we can't do. Right. Yes, sir. Right. So what we're wanting to do with this board is bring together a very diverse group of people. I'm talking about diversity of background, culture, race, gender, beliefs. Bring together a representation of Fort Worth. Yes sir. And we're not looking for people who are gonna to come to the table and tell us they love us and everything we do is right. Yeah. Mm. Hey, we love those that love us. We want them to be a part, but we need people that will be honest with us. Gotcha. We need people who won't tell us what we want to hear. We need people who will tell us what we need to hear. Okay. I think there was a time in policing where we thought we had it all figured out. And we would go into communities and tell them what they needed. Okay. When all we really had to do was go to the community and ask them. They'll tell you. Okay. They will tell you. Yes. Yeah. So it's a way of literally and figuratively going into the community, connecting with the residents that live there, the business owners that work there, mm-hmm. the, the people that go and worship there, They yeah. go to the businesses, people who have a, a stake in Fort Worth and want it to be the best city it possibly can yes. be. Yeah. Yes, um, We've seen different groups across the country that have been put together uh, to do this type of work. Some have been effective, some have not talked with a lot of people talked with a lot of community groups i've talked with other police chiefs what we're hoping to achieve here is uh just to quote one of the chiefs he said we had one and it turned into a circus oh wow i don't need a circus i need solutions yes sir right yes sir and the only way we're actually going to find the right solutions and get buy-in from everyone involved Is by coming together to work on those solutions yes I need someone that'll tell me okay you got a policy where you do this yes do you know what that's doing to our community yes do you know how it might be no matter how well-intentioned that policy was guess what it's doing Mm. I'm gonna tell you one right now we're working on we're changing and it's developed a little bit over time gotten better it has to do with hair okay and for those who can't see, I, I don't have a lot of it. <laughs> but it's important to me. No, um,
1: you're on camera one, so they can see it
3: right now. <laughs> they, they see my haircut? <laughs> so what we're looking at there are some of the policies that we've had in place for, I don't know, decades yeah. that address what professional hair looks like.
0: Yeah, sure. Yes. Really?
3: Yes. Right. Yeah. This is what you need to ha- look like to have a good appearance at Fort Worth PD. Well, if I had hair, I have a certain type of hair. It's worn a certain way. Not everyone has the same type of hair. And just because their hair is different does not mean it's not professional. Mm -hmm. It can be worn naturally. And let's talk about African-Americans in general that have been working for our department. We've been trying, and a lot of them have short, tight haircuts. That's the way they like it. Mm -hmm. But some might want to have a more natural look. Some might want to have cornrows, braids, Mm -hmm. plaits, twists, something a little bit different. Why not? I mean, really, why not? I don't think me coming to work with no hair at all, someone coming to work with a a high tight, maybe a fade, somebody coming to work with something a little more natural is going to affect the way they do their job. All right. So we want to be representative of the communities we serve. We want to be inclusive. We want to uh, to diversify our department. Hmm. But then if we bring people in and say, yeah, you can come join our department. We want you to. But you gotta conform to this and start stop doing what you've done all your life with gotcha. your parents. Gotcha. Beards is something we changed recently. I mean, I never thought I would ever see a day where four police officers had beards or had tattoos exposed. I actually grew a beard while on vacation. I was going back to work and one morning I had the razor out. I was about to shave it, and my wife said, No, keep that. All right. I said, you know what? And we had already had the policy in place. We already had that policy in place. But we we've got to do more to make sure we're encouraging people to come in and not having standards that really make no sense sometimes. Okay. Yes, you need to look professional. Yes, your uniform needs to be squared away. But maybe we need to be more realistic about what professional really looks like. I mean, there was a crown act recently. Tashara Parker worked really hard to get that out there. I think that was a step in the right direction, saying you know what, just because your hair's not like mine doesn't mean mine the way it is is bad.
1: It's bad. Yeah.
3: It's, yeah. a, it's beautiful. Yeah. So we're working on that right now because the last thing we want to do is say we're welcoming other cultures, mm-hmm. but then trying to silence that culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's good, Chief, because it rep- the, the department will start looking like the community that it represents. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's good. That's that was good. That
4: I was
2: was, you know, <clears throat> the tattoos or the natural look and other certain things that you just stated, it has nothing to do with the way they police. Right. Policing is, is an, you know, it's a job, it's a profession. Uh, when we start looking at that, that's what people have to understand. And the point you made earlier, it took me all the way back. I used to watch this show called The Wire. I don't know if you've ever I've seen, seen it. I've heard, the heard of it, Wire. but I've never seen it. And it was an officer on there, and and what you said was almost simultaneously to what he said that stood out. It was about just good old-fashioned policing, and he said he remembered when there was a time when he stepped out of his car, got on the beat, the people in the community knew him, and he knew them. He knew where they worked. He knew what time they got off from work. He knew when the kids get out of school. He knew who was running around the corner. He knew what everybody's position was in the neighborhood, and they respected him. They talked to him anything that was going on within the community, he was the safe haven. He was the one that the community, and not just him, he was just talking about policing in general, but it's exactly what you said about getting back into into the community, getting with the people, and really establishing a relationship, and uh, man, that was just enlightening. I know I took it all the way back to a TV show, but it was so um, inclusive of what you stated about policing. You know, when was the last time you yeah. knew the police that served your, your neighborhood, your right. area? When did they know you? They know you go to work at 4 a.m., be home by 2, right. sit outside right. and wash the car and whatever right. <laughs> whatever yeah. you're you going to do. But they knew who, yeah, they knew who you, you were and what was family. going on. Yeah. So that was an excellent point. And, man, that will broaden the horizon in the neighborhood and, and again, force the relationship
3: with the police and the community. Great point. Well, great I point, th- Chief. Well, I think you made a great point, too, about both of the points really come to this same same point there may be some well i'm not used to that hairstyle what if some other residents aren't and they don't think it's professional but what about the ones whose hair looks the same right and they can connect and then maybe that changed some of the narrative that may be out there that's false to begin with
2: correct i think it's
3: an opportunity not only to connect with certain communities with which we've not had good connections but maybe it's a way to change some of the stereotypes that are out there that are so old they need to be out of here to begin with Let, let's work on that right but I think we have to do that together absolutely
1: yeah, yeah. Now, I know you mentioned false narratives um, a lot of times communities put false expectations on different offices of the government but what are the expectations that we as the people can expect uh, Fort Worth police
3: every interaction they have with an officer they should be treated with dignity, they should be treated with respect, okay. I mean even if that means somebody's got to go to jail, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have to treat that person any differently. Every time an officer deals with something, that should be the baseline. That's where we start. Okay. Now, if that person escalates things, we do everything we can to de-escalate that thing. Now we all know sometimes some people just want to fight the police. right It happens. But the thing is, we can't be the ones that escalate things, that rise, make it rise to that. We gotta be the ones that are bringing things down. There's three things when I see the vision of what we need to be doing at Fort Worth PD. Safe, healthy, and resilient. What I mean by that is we need to have a safe, healthy, and resilient department so we can go into the communities and make sure we have safe, healthy, resilient communities. Yes, yes. So it's safe department need to have the right training and equipment from officers so they can go in your neighborhood and your neighborhood and serve you the way you need to be served safely. Health. When I'm talking about health, and you mentioned this earlier when we first started talking about things, it's not just physical health. Yeah, we want people to be physically fit so they can do the job, but I'm talking about mental health, emotional health, spiritual, financial, social, someone who holistically is healthy. That's who you want coming and knocking on your door.
1: Yes. Yes.
3: And if you have a safe, healthy department, it's going to be resilient, but we have to make sure we don't take that for granted. And we have the right culture in place in our department that supports that, where people are worried about coming if they need some help. If you break your arm, you're going to get help. Right. What if you're broken in your heart? You feel broken in the head. People don't reach out as much. There's such a stigma about that, they won't do it. We're actually investing a lot more into resources and with a group called Frontline where all those things are going to come together. We're going to be making sure we take care of our officers. Recruiting is a big issue and everywhere you look here, chief's talking about who they don't have. Let's talk a little bit about who we do have. have. Let's focus on who we have. And then if you have that safe, healthy, resilient department, then you have the right people and the right frame of mind, the right holistic wellness to go into the communities to make sure one, that your community safe. So uh, talking about expectations. Yes. The most fundamental job of any police department is make sure a community is safe, and make sure that community feels safe.
1: That's good. Including that's good. when we're there. Yeah, right. that's good. Yes.
3: Then we want to make sure the community's healthy. If you look at a lot of the areas where we're seeing uh, uh, the violent crime, they're also the areas that have been seeing violent crime for a long time, and they're the communities that lack resources. It's communities, uh, food deserts. Uh, lack of good solid medical care, maybe lack of access to jobs, job training, good education. Uh, there's so many resources that other communities may take for granted. These communities have been lacking for a long time. Right. Now we don't have all those things. Talk about realistic right, expectations. Right, 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 we right, right, can't correct, provide all that. Right. But who is more likely to encounter citizens who have those needs? Right. Your first you responders. Will, yes. yep. So we're developing relationships with nonprofits, with uh, uh, non-governmental organizations, a lot of groups that want to help, that have that resources, and we make the connections. We make sure people have access to what they need. And if you have a safe and you have a healthy community, that community is resilient. You're setting that community up to be able to do what they wanted to do in the first place, kind of take care of themselves.
4: Correct. And
3: then the the interactions we have with them are even more positive. It's a win-win. So safe, healthy, and resilient, internally we want to make sure we are there so we can serve the right way and take care of, of the officers we have right. and all of our civilian staff so we can go out to the communities and make sure they're safe they're healthy and they're resilient as well righty. we have
0: a caller that just called in okay, so you, you you got a caller come on caller caller you there hello caller hello hello come on you just called in okay. You you with us?
4: Uh, is this a, a radio station or something?
0: Yes sir. yes sir, you just called in, ma'am. You just called in. What's what's on your mind? Drop well, it on the line. I,
4: I apologize. I I've somehow inadvertently dialed the wrong number. I'm so sorry. Okay
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and have a lovely day. Thank you.
2: <laughs> we know that was a live call.
0: Yeah.
3: That'll be the easiest call you take all day.
0: Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in with the Am I Worth the Time show, in studio with us live is uh, Chief Neil Noakes of the Fort Worth. Uh, police department and chief notes just got through sharing with us about uh, the advisory uh, board that he uh, proposed to the city council this past week and um, he was giving some clarification uh, on what that board looks like and what he was expecting to accomplish and we're hoping that uh, it would still come uh to pass as he see fit as and uh as chief uh chief let me ask this next question what do you uh see for as us uh and you may have already covered a little bit of it in the togetherness uniting
3: and the commitment for change in the in our city you're not really gonna find i don't believe any more commitment for change than in the communities okay uh we have a commitment to change as well but when you live there I think there's an even greater commitment. Okay. The commitment's in. We're committed, community's committed. The tricky part is that togetherness, where we all figure out a way to come together. We all figure out a way to sit down, work through things, and the conversations will be hard sometimes. That's just the way it is. Uh, There's a lot of emotion involved. There's a lot of passion involved in these conversations. They say one of the best predictors of the health of any relationship is proximity. If we're never around one another, if we're never together, there really is no relationship. And the time to reach out for assistance and try to build a relationship is not in a time of crisis. Right. It's too late. Absolutely. You have to build those bridges, you have to build those relationships beforehand. When I first became a, a commander, I was in North Division back in 2017. I sat down with uh, someone, uh, Assistant Chief Rob, uh, Rob Aldridge. I think he was the Deputy Chief at the time. And I said, I've never done this job. Uh, give me some input. Give me, tell me what I really need to do to be successful for the department, for the communities. And, you know, I don't want to mess this up. And he said one word. He said relationships. And I'll be honest, when he said it, I thought, is that it? <laughs> That's all you got for me? Yeah. yeah.
2: Went a long way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
3: I took it to heart. The first thing I started doing was building relationships, both in the department, in the community, with the business community, with the faith community, with organizations that had resources to help the community. It was the most powerful thing I'd ever done because I cannot do it all myself. The department, we can't do it all ourselves. But when we have relationships with those who are out there also wanting to help because they are committed that's when you really get things done. Yes. It's absolutely crucial. Best advice I probably ever got from anyone in leadership was about building those relationships.
2: Yep, absolutely. Relationships goes a long way. And, and you know, I want to go back to something you said a, a couple minutes ago just uh, for us within that community effort, for us to save the mentality and all of those things that combine that creates that that infra- infrastructure of uh, nourishment, understanding the will to be like, okay, the police is okay, this, that, and the other. One of the things I think we're all challenged with is a level of understanding the expectation, right? right? Um, We have to have clear expectations. And and what I'm saying is from your department, some things that I've seen happen, just literally a week ago, Uh, we had some homeless people uh, on our property, on our church property, and when I tell you, you would have thought your staff was grief counselors, <laughs> right? We, we we called the police mm-hmm. to assist with getting them moved and situated, mm-hmm. but it was more so of a, hey, everything is okay. Not here to take you to jail, not here to cause any, any yeah. problems. It's just that, you know, this is something that we have to do, but the level of humanity that was given was by far, I was just blown away because the first thing the guy said, you know, they were kind of stored away in the building. First thing he said, am I going to jail? He said, no. You know we just want to check you out and make sure you're okay and uh this is what 's going on, but it changed the whole narrative to what they were thinking and what was going on and it was the most peaceful thing in the world and They actually came back and helped <laughs> start cleaning up some of the mess i mean awesome. not not the police but the, the people that was there, just based on how you treat people exactly right yeah. and that was our deal as a church. we always wanted to make sure we treat people the way we want to be treated and right. should be treated Amen. and uh the one thing. You know, we wasn't looking for any kind of support or help, but it was just, okay, it's quite a few people that migrated to this area, and what you guys mm-hmm. did was phenomenal. Thank you so uh, much for And I'm saying, that. That not to, you know, not to have a feel-good story, but when you said about the mentality about somebody, where they're at in their space, in their head, in their heart, mm-hmm. it just made them feel good because it wasn't, you know, it was like, you know, they yeah, had back places. Back to those expectations. Right. Maybe,
1: maybe experiences from the past or something yeah. that they heard. So that's good.
2: Yeah, and I'm, no, the only reason I stated it because what you just said, I seen it in action. Yeah. And whereas most of the time it was an uneasy feeling of, okay, what they're going to do, you know, they're going to bring out the you know the old saying, the paddy wagon, bring them all, put them in jail, <laughs> take them yeah. all. But it was nothing like that. And that's that has a lot to say about how we're policing Fort Worth now. What are we doing? Actually, because this is in the community, the heart yeah, of the community. Absolutely. And I yeah. uh, just wanted to tell you. By four, your message is getting across to your Thank staff you. and your members that are actually, you know.
3: I always appreciate hearing stories like that. Normally when people are not happy, uh, I always hear about that. But when right. something good happens, I don't always hear it. And I, I'm here to hear both. Right. It's good to hear the good stories like that because that, that is what we're teaching. When I was hired back in 2000, compassion wasn't really a word we talked about in policing. Humanity, right. humility, mm-hmm. was, those weren't things we really talked about. Those are absolutely critical. That call could have gone completely differently, got sideways like that, yes, had they approached a different way. Right. But they approached the right way. They had some empathy for the people that were there. They had some emotional intelligence. They could kind of read the, the scene, see what was going on. This isn't a dangerous situation. There's some people maybe need some help here. Let's see what we can do to help these people out. I'll tell the uh, academy classes when I go talk to them, I'm, I'm not looking to hire law enforcers we'll teach you how to enforce the law. That's part of our job, and we will do it. Right. Sometimes you got somebody out there spraying rounds at houses. they got to go to jail. We're going to take violent people off the streets. Right. But more than law enforcers, I'm looking for problem solvers because problem solvers know when the law needs to be enforced, mm-hmm. and then they know when to have some compassion and say, hey, maybe we can help you out here
2: man went a long way
3: absolutely yeah that's good
0: chief and i I, again i thank you and thank you mike for highlighting the good that uh the fort worth police department uh, do do and they're kind and curtis that has uh, made a shift and and i want to say to all of our listeners that are listening are you doing your part because i believe chief is doing his part are you doing your part to help uh, our communities and our children and our cousins, nieces and nephews and friends to simply be kind to the police uh, because a lot of our problem is a humanity problem. Yes. Uh, and I, I can see it just like that. Stevie B on there, I'm not worth the time show. <laughs> a lot of our problem, uh, Chief, going to be knifed about it, but a lot of our problems is a humanity problem. And he can't teach the humanity problem. That starts at home. Uh uh that that's just the bottom line to it. You can give us a call, quit putting it in the text uh for me to see it, but you can give us a call here at 214-556-6239. Chief, someone wanted to know uh what has been your biggest
3: challenges as police chief. There's a there's a lot. I tell you one of the the biggest realizations I had to make, because I've I've always been one of those people that want to bring folks together. I wanna collaborate. I want to try to make as many people happy as I can. I mean, I need to, I'm will make the right decision what I believe is right. But uh, I'd always heard this, but until you really live it, it's different. Yeah. yeah. Every decision I make, every decision I make is going to upset someone. Yeah. Yeah. There's That's no true. decision I can make that will make everyone happy. That's right. That's I've right. tried. That's right. I've tried over and over. It hasn't happened. I could go to work tomorrow and say I'm going to give everybody a $10,000 raise. Yeah. And somebody say, why isn't it (laughs) (laughs) $20,000 You just put me in a different tax bracket. You know what kind of taxes I'm going to have to pay? You should (laughs) have gave that to me two months ago. Uh, What took you so long? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I could go into the community and say, we're going to come out here every weekend, and we're going to be a part of this, this, and this. Why don't you do it every single day of the week? What's wrong? Yeah, yeah. Realistically, we have limitations on what we can do. I have limitations on what I can do. And the number of of competing interests – is endless I and mean, we've got a city of a million people i've got a department when you consider all the staff of almost 2500 we've got a the city as a whole employees seven to eight thousand and i really do look at every decision how is it going to affect each one of these areas yeah. who will be affected if i make this decision who will be affected if i make this decision how do i make this decision that's going to get the most good for the most people but I don't think I've made a single decision. I just don't know if there is one at this position where I'm going to make everybody happy. Yeah. And I've had to be okay with that. And I, I I go back and think sometimes, Neil, just be still. I have to go to that scripture. Be still You'll and know, know that I'm God. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because right.
3: yeah. the thing is, I, I may be the chief, but I'm not in control.
0: Yes. I'm right. really not. Yes. Right. Right.
3: And I got to realize I'm doing the best I can, trying to follow God's will in what I do but I, I i'm human right and it's it's hard to think but sometimes i'm going to look back and think you know that maybe that was not the right decision yeah and i got to live with that right you make the decisions you can with all the information you have the best decision possible knowing people are going to be somebody's going to be angry about it mm-hmm. and then you got to move on to the next one because there's no shortage of decisions coming down the line That's been difficult for me because I want to make the perfect decision, and there is no such thing. Yes, sir. Yes,
0: sir. Right. You know, know, Chief, um, hold on just a minute, Brother Jackson. We got a new caller that just called in. Caller, caller, come on. Your last four is 4635. Come on. Yes.
6: Good evening, everybody. Uh, Good evening, Chief Knowles. Um, That was my question. I thank you for asking that question, and I thank you for your answer, Chief. Mm -hmm. I actually just want to offer a word of prayer for you, if I may. Please. For you and your family.
0: Come on. That's good. Come on.
6: All right. Uh, Let us pray. Father God, we just want to thank you, Lord. We want to thank you for Chief Knowles, God, for you putting him in place of position that we need for this day, God. Yes. Lord, I just want to thank you for the man, for the righteous man that you have established for such a time as this, Father God lord as he seeks to do your will as he leads the department of uh, of police for fort worth god i just ask that you continue to crown his head father god with wisdom lord i ask right now god and i thank you in advance father god for protecting him father god daily yes, so as yes. he comes and as he goes father god i want to lift up his wife and his children to you father yes, god yes. And i thank you for putting a hedge of protection around them father god Lord, I thank you for the work that you have established in him, God. And I thank you for the light that he so confidently and boldly shines for you, Father God. Lord, I ask that you continue to establish him, Father God. Lord, we rebuke Satan's attempts to come against him, Father God, as he seeks to do your will, Father God, in position of power and of leadership for this great city of Fort Worth. Lord, we thank you. And we love you, God. Help us, God, to get in line, to be about your business as we support him, and he supports us, Father God. I want to pray for our city, Father God. I ask yes. right now that you continue to yes, yoke us heart to heart, God, by love, Father God. This man speaks love. He's doing your work, Lord. And we love you and we thank you for, for, for him, Lord.
0: We just love you, Lord, and I just want to thank you. Uh, and it's our prayer in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen, Amen. 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 Thank, you, thank you, you, sister. Amen. Thank you if let, Can I say something yes, real
3: quickly? Yes, so sir. I was just talking about Psalms forty six ten about you know being still, and you know another uh, translation of that scripture: "Be still and know that I'm God." Was oh. let go and know that I'm <laughs> God. And sometimes I gotta let go. Right. <laughs> but it's uh, thank you first of all for that prayer. It was beautiful. It was needed, and it's appreciated. When I first was talking about becoming chief or trying to become chief, I didn't know if I should even try. And I was I was talking with my mother and as she often does, she pulled out her Bible. And part of what this young lady uh, quoted from Esther in her prayer was what my mother was reading to me. Wow. Right. She said, I think you've been chosen for such a time as this. Wow. God's yeah. going to put you there for a reason, and you just got to make sure you do his work. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's very powerful. Amen. Right to God be
4: the glory. <laughs> and, uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, a, what call
1: it, that's what I wanted to share as well. I had the esteemed pleasure of meeting you without TV cameras, without the crowds and all of that. And, um, Immediately, we didn't talk one-on-one, but what I pulled away from it by the Spirit of God is that first you love the Lord, and it's genuine, and that's what I've been sharing, that it's genuine. Second of all, you love the city. Yes, sir. Yeah, you love the city, and that makes the difference. Now, as a Christian, we're charged to pray for authority, but what I want to vouch for right now is that there's all, unfortunately, in many cases, whatever level of authority, the man or the woman that's in authority, don't serve the Most High God. So we, as citizens of Fort Worth, are blessed, and we have to realize that God loves the city of Fort Worth, and he's placing people in there that loves him, that he can get his his glory and get his purpose done within the city. So I'm with her. We support you. Thank you. We got you.
4: More
0: made, than you
1: know. Yeah. I appreciate Yeah, that. And we want to share that so the community can hear it. Because <clears throat> right, yeah. a lot of times the community don't get to meet you one-on-one. Yeah. They don't know how you live or or, or I, I think, and i I share this too personal, is that first thing I said is, hey, we see you on TV. But we don't get to see you, you know. Uh, okay, this is kind of a pun. I'm sorry. With your hair down. You <laughs> <see>? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> don't throw the cuffs on me afterwards. Huh? <laughs> but I'm I'm just saying here for all our listeners and stuff. I can vouch for that. We can vouch for that. So we appreciate that. Thank we appreciate you. that. Yeah, it means a lot. Now,
0: Chief, I want to yes. ask. I want to ask another question that someone um, uh, shared, and one of those questions. What is the urgency? Well, I know there's an urgency. What is the formula that maybe you have thought about, just hadn't put it forward yet, concerning the gun violence with our youth? Our last one, I think I saw you were at over there on Barry, yeah, by the Waterburger, yeah. um, and and it's 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 becoming a rapid, nationwide, worldwide problem, but it seems like we in the community have gotten comfortable with just hearing gunfire. People shooting like it's a sports now. Yeah. What What has been a, a remedy or a thought that has maybe come into your mind that the community can help? Because commu- as you said earlier, the community got to do their part too. That's
3: right. Right. Yes, we all have to do our part. One thing I want to say just to start that response is thank you to all the officers and our civilian staff, like our crime analysts and all those who have been working on gun violence. We started our forward safe initiative, uh, middle of last year, around May, we've seen a decline of about 15% in homicides. Okay. We've seen a decline in aggravated assaults, but the gun violence is still out there. Yeah. It is still happening. And you're right. Like the water burger that you brought up, for instance, teenagers shooting and killing teenagers. Like it's cool. Yeah. Like it's no big deal. like like those lives that they took don't matter and like their own lives don't matter. They just, they just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. We talked earlier about how the police okay. can't fix everything. This isn't just a police issue. This is a societal issue. Yes, Right. Sir. Right. Yes, sir. right. You yes, mentioned right. going back to the home. Yes, sir. A lot of this does start yes. at home and yes, I'm not sir. blaming parents. Yes. sir. All of us have a responsibility. Yes. Sir. All of us do. Here's one of the things we're asking. So I know when I first got hired, Back in 2000, when you saw when we saw high levels of violent crime in a neighborhood, it was that whole neighborhood in our heads. Right. And what we do, this is what the experts said we were to do. (laughs) We get a whole bunch of officers together and a whole bunch of cars. We saturate the area. They call it saturation detail. Mm -hmm. Pull over everybody you can. I don't care if it's a broken taillight, jaywalking. Pull over everybody you can. Try to find the violent criminals in the process ride all the tickets you can, arrest people if you can, because we're gonna stop it that way. Mm. And it wasn't that we as police were trying to go in and do damage to that community, but you know what, sometimes that's exactly what happened. Right. When we're going into a community where the overwhelming majority of the folks who live there, no matter where you are in the city of Fort Worth, are good, hardworking people, Mm. who want the same thing out of life that everybody else does, that don't want violent criminals in their neighborhoods, but you got some guy that just finished working a double shift to put food on the tables, driving home and forgot to use his turn signal. He's not the guy we're looking for. Right, right. Or some, some mom, single mom, got three kids, and she's working three jobs so she can pay for daycare, too, and maybe she forgot to put her seatbelt on. When we're trying to address violent crime, those aren't the people we want to deal with. (laughs)
1: Right, right. Right.
3: So one one other name was called would be a zero tolerance detail. Just go in there and zero tolerance, all crimes, take action. One guy told me one time, his chief, he said, when you're talking about zero tolerance details, there's a mindset. And when the only tool you have on your tool belt is a hammer, everybody starts to look like a nail. Right. That's not what we want. Wow. So what we've done, we've taken a, a lot of the technological advances that have happened over the last 10, 20, 100 years, a lot of them here just very recently, on how we're able to track violent criminals. Uh, we have cameras up in some neighborhoods that will run license plates. And we, I know it's a very controversial issue with some. Folks, we're not out there trying to find somebody who maybe got a ticket that went to warrant. We're trying to find people in stolen cars with uh, murder warrants, with aggravated assault warrants, people who are out there doing violence in our communities. That's what we're going for. It's not a hammer, it's a scalpel. We're precise. We go exactly where it is. Because even if you have a neighborhood, and we're having a lot of crime in this neighborhood, if you look around, say the neighborhood is one one block by one block, there's probably just one house in that whole block hmm, is doing it. Right. If the neighborhood is... One mile by one mile, you're talking maybe one block is where you're seeing the issues. Don't label the whole community as violent criminals because they're suffering from this wave of violence. They don't want it either. Right. So the trick is to go in and instead of damaging relationships we have with the community by over-policing, we go in there and we do it the right way. It's not, you know, people say, well, there's hard on crime, but you're talking about soft on crime. I'm talking about smart on crime. Let's go after the people we really need to, even if you find a group. Of young people that are associated with the violence, there's probably only one or two that are pulling the trigger. Right, right. yeah. So let's go after them. Right. Yeah. Let's get them off the streets.
2: Right. They're the influencers. Exactly. Right. Yeah. right.
3: You, have, you have your shooters, then you have your wannabe shooters, and you have your would be shooters. It's kind of a progression there. And we're working with other organizations that can try to get to those young men and sometimes young women to get to them before they make the mistake and actually pull that trigger and it's too late. Because once that bullet's out, you can't put it back in. Right. Yeah. So it's about going in, doing the, the uh, policing the right way, but no matter how good technology and data and things like are, you have to have that human component. If we see a neighborhood that's got a lot of violent crime going on, we'll look at all the numbers and all the stats, and, and it helps. Yeah. But who's going to know best? The people that are there. Right. People that live there, people that visit there. <laughs> But if we don't have the kind of relationship, going back to that word, with the members of that neighborhood, they're not going to tell us anything. Right right. But if we build trust and trust takes time, I said the other day, trust can be broken overnight it's like that, yeah. but it can't be built overnight. It Correct. takes time. And we have been working towards that. Still work to do, but we're working towards that. When we bring together the right policing model with the right technology and data, with the right relationships with the community, that's when we really get change done and we focus exactly. We don't have all the resources in the world. We're understaffed by 150 officers right now. Wow. wow. we got wow. an authorized staffing and level of 1,816. We're down 153 The last I saw. Wow. We need to make sure we're using our resources the best we can to serve the citizens of Fort Worth, keep them safe, and keep our officers safe. Working with the technology and with the people who are actually experiencing that crime that want it out, right. building that trust with them, that's where we really make... The kind of changes that are going to last. Yeah. Right. That's, that's,
1: that's good. I'm glad you explained that. But all of that comes from your side of responsibility. And as Stevie B said, that the community has a responsibility. Or How can a community get involved um, to help mend or, or bring this relationship
3: together? Get involved. Get, get involved. involved. Get em, Yeah. Get involved. We have so many people around this table know we have so many different volunteer groups with the Ford Police Department. Many of them we've had for decades since Chief Thomas Wyndham came in the 90s. Yes. Wow. Uh, we have our cl- uh, Clergy and Police Alliance, our yes. Ministers Against Crime, yes. our Code Blue Program, our Citizens on Patrol, our Community Emergency Response Team. We have different organizations we're working with that are always looking for volunteers that are working to put police and community together to get things done yeah you know we have a lot of churches hey we're having a food bank come out uh this weekend maybe y'all can come out and help out man we'll yeah. show will we'll be there yes include us and in things yes. we can't do everything all the time because again we are a little short staffed we want to make sure we're using our resources appropriately but we also want to get out in the community that's part of our service yeah is connecting with the community not waiting for the community to come to us but for us to go to the community and we're trying to instill that at a very early level i know i'm going back to us but this is the way i hope we encourage more of that participation yeah so one thing we found is we have people from all over the country that are wanting to work with for forward pd it's it's a absolute blessing We've got people who come from new york la washington state all over they want to be here they like the way the fourth police department is doing things but they also like the community support they get that in these other cities they may not right But we also want to make sure that officers have a chance to connect with the communities that are in Fort Worth, especially maybe communities are not familiar with. Mm We'd like putting people with folks that don't look like them to understand a little bit more. So we're bringing in people from the community who represent a population that we really have not been associated with much, unless it was in a law enforcement uh, manner. We'll bring in people who maybe have had bad uh, interactions with the police maybe even with the Fort Worth police mm-hmm. and they will come in like one of the last ones it was somebody from uh Diamond Hill, Polly and Eastwood and they came in and told about interactions they had with the police and why it didn't go well why they had trouble trusting the police and it took them a long time to get to where they did some of them still really didn't know if they trusted the police and then we let those recruits ask whatever questions they want and this real Great dialogue starts. That's
2: good. That's
3: real good. But then we have two other sessions. The second session will bring people out, maybe <clears> the same community members, maybe not, but the same group that we're trying to reach. And we go into breakout sessions. So you have fewer people together, it's a little more intimate, and they can ask whatever questions they want both ways. Right. Citizens can ask, recruits can ask, and they've had some really great conversations. But then the third session, we take the recruits to the community yeah that's, that's good yeah that's where it's yeah. at we want them to see hey we need to go out and make sure we're actually seeing these communities we've taken them to uh coffee shops in north side we've taken them to barber shops on east side we've taken them to several different places and the thing is well here, here is one of the great th- uh, learning lessons i think for our recruits two of the guys we had up there one was about 6'5", 350. One was about i don't know six two probably about 300 both african-american males 30, 40 years old. And they said, What you got to understand if you walk up and you see me and they start talking to each other, you see me talking to my friend like this.
1: Right. And I'm doing yeah. my
3: hands like this. Yeah. We're not being aggressive. We're probably just talking about the Cowboys. Right. Right. Yeah. He said, They said it's just a cultural thing. And even if I come up to you and I'm talking like this, I'm not a threat to you. This is not an officer safety issue. Right. And you should have seen some of the faces of these recruits go, Oh, wow. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, The smallest right. thing. The smallest, smallest thing. thing. Yeah. And then when we take them into the communities, they're actually getting to interact with citizens and business owners and faith leaders in the community. And what I think is so awesome about that is I want to make sure when they go into the communities, if they just happen upon a citizen, they see a citizen, not a suspect.
1: Right. Correct. That's now, good. Now, if
3: there's something, there's a crime going on, absolutely do your job. But sometimes you just walk up, shake somebody's hand and say, how are you doing today? Yeah. Hey, what can we be doing to do a better job over here? How can we help you out? Right. Conversation with somebody.
2: See, that yeah. communication goes a long way both ways, right? Yes. Because yeah. the first side is what people don't know. Most of the time people are fearful of the police because they don't know. They just got that stereotype. But for somebody to come up, hey, how you doing? That's that's a calm effect. And the other thing to me is what you're doing and what you're uh, mandate now almost to your officers and the people in the street is be uh, a communicator, right? Be open, be honest, be approachable. Right. One of the things for so long people thought that you just couldn't approach the police. If you walk up and say something to them, you're putting yourself in danger almost. Yes. And that's not the key. That's not the facts now. The facts are you're able to walk up and, and have a legitimate conversation. First thing with me and you seen each other, we talking about the game last yes. night. It was a great <laughs> great conversation. But my point to the community with what you know what you're talking about that you guys are doing, to me that will change the narrative because for so long the police only showed up when something was wrong.
3: Exactly.
2: Right? right? And anytime, you know, it's just like when somebody speak to you, you know, parenting in the household, the only time that the parents respond to the kid is when they're in trouble or something happened. What about when there's nothing going on? It's just a bright right. sunny day or a 40 degree day. Yes. Right? You know exactly. about the 40 degree day, right? Not cold enough to be like, ah, not warm enough to be like, oh, it's just a 40 degree <laughs> day. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, that's that's really good. And the more the community see and understand what you're saying today, and we have to be voices for that as well. You know, everybody that's on this platform and other platforms to have that complete understanding. And I know the first thing we talked about was what you guys did when you came out. And we spread that to the entire congregation right, because it exactly. was uplifting. Right. And more so of just being in that community for us what you're seeing. In the neighborhoods where that's where everything started. You right. came out of a neighborhood to get to the store. You came out of a neighborhood to get to where you was going. And things happen from here to there. And most of the time, it's like, what really happened? Right from mm-hmm. here to there, right. and uh, where situations arise and things come up, but just understanding your officers that's in your community. How many people know the officers that's in their community? You know, when not we start, to- not enough. They right. they may see the car go by with the lights on because that's something <laughs> wrong. But man, that cruiser are coming through, just waving the hand, nodding the head. Right. It's a different understanding. So this uh, is good information. I love
3: what you said about approachable. And that's something I'm, I'm trying – got to lead by example, right? And yes. don't get me wrong. I am a sinful, flawed man like anybody else. But I'm trying to set an example, and one is be approachable to everybody, community members, no matter what community I go to, but also with our officers and our recruits. So you, we really revamped our training environment at the academy. It used to be very militaristic. Anytime anybody walked by, especially the chief walked by, everybody had to stand at attention and scream, good morning, sir. (laughs) Hold on a minute. We got a generation of young people, and don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking millennials or anybody else. They are some bright folks. Yeah, right. We talk about oh, they don't want to work enough they 've got this work life balance thing already figured out i 'm still trying to figure <laughs> yeah. it out yeah, yeah they, they, they seem to be more keen to equity <laughs> issues, justice issues yeah right they 're not just looking for a paycheck, <laughs> they want some kind of intrinsic value. they want to go home knowing they did a good job great right. generation, but we've got a generation that doesn 't excel quite as much at talking, hmm. I could hand them a, a phone and they 'd sit there all day talking to each other across the table on their phone, right. Mm-hmm. And the only thing we're teaching them really about communication is screaming at people when they walk by i said no no we're we're done doing that we're done doing that and i make sure whenever i'm there i am approachable i'll approach them and now instead of screaming good morning sir whenever i walk by they go hey chief how's it going walk up shake my hand talk to me talk about the game right i'm trying to model what i want them to do when they go in the community because if yelling and screaming at you when they see you is what I want, then, hey, stick with what we were doing, right? Right. Right. But if I want to talk to somebody about the game and how the Cowboys should be there next year, (laughs) then I just need to be able to walk up and have that conversation. Right. So we're we're, we're trying to model that not just with officers who are already in the field but with all this new generation of officers that are coming in because they are the future of our department. And if they're getting that kind of thing ingrained now, the hope is they carry that on and that's their legacy for everybody else.
2: That's good. Chief,
3: uh,
0: again, thank you so much. Thank all of our viewers and our listeners from Internet Radio and those that's watching by Facebook. Uh, Chief, I want to, as we get ready to wrap it up, uh, two things. Number one, uh, someone wants to know, do you, uh, well, I lost a question. Okay. Do you think there is a race relation problem or a race relation issue And what are some areas where you have
3: seen some improvement across the board? That is an excellent question. I saw on a a news uh, story the other day that they were talking about the community advisory board, and they talked about how I mentioned racial tension. I never mentioned racial tension. Mm -hmm. What I said was there's mistrust of the police in certain communities. Yeah, I've seen that. Right. But really, if you want to get down to it, a lot of that does come down to race. Yeah. A lot of people, when they look at the police... I mean, they're looking way back. Yeah. They're looking back in the times when slaves were free. Yeah. Right. They're looking back at the civil rights era. They're looking at Rodney King. Yes, yeah, sir. There's a lot of things that they're looking They're looking at some things that have happened here in Fort Worth. Yes,
0: yeah, sir. Yes, yeah, yeah, sir. sir.
3: What is the distinct line there most of the time? It's race. Yes, yeah, right. yeah. Some of the things that I've seen, I just talked about millennials. <laughs> I was talking with someone one time, They uh, they have this – Dinner for all the recruits, or lunch to try to you know introduce everybody. They don't have assigned seats. Everybody sits where they want to, and it was always by race. Mm. Always. Yeah. And nobody told right. them to. it Just naturally happened. Yes, yeah, sure. yeah. right. Self-imposed segregation, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> they said this new group of officers that have been coming through, completely mixed, and nobody mm. told them to. Mm. They just naturally do it. Right. They're drawn to people because they're people, not because they're of their skin. That's good. That's really good. Because it's a man or because it's a woman. And it happened naturally. That's one of the biggest improvements I've seen. But the thing is, it's a little harder for guys my age if they've never done that. I know one of the things I do, I go to some different conferences for chiefs. We have like a major city chiefs association. So the biggest departments from all over the country come together. And we usually have assigned seats. But I go to lunch, and I go through the line, grab my lunch, and I look at the tables. Same thing. (laughs) So I would walk up to a table with people that didn't look like me. And the funny thing is, when I go to sit down and I set my plate down I say, anybody here? They go, no. They look at me like, no.
1: Yeah, where is he from? Yeah, like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but i just
3: sit down like I knew what I was doing, and we, we'd eat, and, and it was a blast. We'd have fun. we we learn from each other. Right. One of the, the best things I've, I've seen so far, though, when I was – this is a pat on the back for these recruits, not me, but i got to give you a little backstory. One of the things, this is before I was chief, I, I wanted to be more intentional about connecting with the community, especially communities where people didn't look like me. What is the most segregated day of the week? Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. by far. Yeah. I said, well, I'm gonna go to a church where people don't look like me. And we have some amazing black churches, some amazing Hispanic and Asian churches. I've been to all of them. I said, I, you know what? I, I know a guy's got a church in Stop Six. So I told my wife, well, actually, I checked with somebody first. I said, would you check with the pastor and make sure he's okay with me coming? So we checked. He was absolutely. He said, everybody's welcome in the house of God. That's true, man. So I got my wife. I said, get the kids ready. We're going to church, and we're going to go to a different church today. So we drove to Stop 6. We pull up and park. There's like, only one or two other cars there. And we park, and there's some folks walking in. They look at us, and it's like, Oh, they must be lost. <laughs> <laughs> He's just coming to worship. <laughs> coming to worship. <laughs> and then we get out, we got our Bibles in hand, and they're like, hmm, okay. This is different. This is different. Yeah. yeah. So so we go in. It's a small church. We find some seats. We're sitting there, and I, I asked and looked, and it was a 1030 start time. I didn't realize that was really more of a suggestion. You know, a, a hard, fast rule, right? Yeah. So I'm like, did we get here early? <laughs> so we sat there for a while, but as people start coming in, they're looking like, what is this guy doing here? And the pastor gets up there, and he's giving us some uh, remarks when he first walks up, and, and he actually points me out and introduces me as, I think it was a deputy chief, Neil Oakes of the Florida Police Department. I thought, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. This might get bad, but at stop six. And the Ford Police Department, right. not exactly yeah. the best relationships, historically speaking. Yeah. I've never felt more welcome. I've never felt more loved anywhere. That's good. Absolutely amazing. And adding to that story, <coughs> they asked me to come back for their eight-year anniversary. So I planned on coming. My wife and I were going to go. It was in the evening. The day before the anniversary, uh, Tatiana Jefferson was killed. Mm. Wow. 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 So I called again. I said, is it okay if I still come? He said, all all people are welcome in God's house. Amen. That's good. That's good. good. Absolutely embraced us like family, loved on us while we were there, prayed for us while we were there. It's one of the most amazing things. So the pastor was one of the people that came and talked to the recruits so when i was talking about people coming and speaking about their communities mm-hmm. right. kind of giving the history of their communities and their personal history he told that story and they just left it at that that next sunday about 12 recruits showed up at his church oh, wow. wow! With no wow. one telling them to do it wow. mm. yeah and several mm, of them good. have continued going and visiting periodically that's good that's, 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 that's good. where you build those relationships yes, that yes. is that's where you make those connections and that's where we realize Yeah, we may be different in some ways, but we have so much more in common. Yeah. Yeah. And especially going to the house of the Lord, we're there to worship, right? Yeah. That's what it's about.
1: Bottom bottom line is love. That's That's it. It's love.
3: That's That's what God is. We're seeing more and more and more of that between officers in the community, and it's been Mm -hmm. one of the most heartwarming parts of my job. It's been great. We had another caller that
0: called in, and thank you for your patience and waiting. Go ahead and share what's on your mind. Caller. Are you there, Caller. All right, I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't get to you sooner, <laughs> soon enough, but we thank for all of those that's just coming in. Hi. Oh, there you are. Come on, come on.
7: Hi, this is Lady Daniels. How are you all? Hey, Lady hey,
0: Daniels. How you, well, you doing? How are you?
7: How are you? Uh, <laughs> doing good. I'm doing good. I've had an opportunity to work um, with the chief on uh, several platforms, and the one thing that I really like is the fact um, he understands what's going on and he tries to meet us where we are um, he's learning he's doing a lot and what we need to do as a people is meet him where he is all right he's never been our color before all right help him understand <laughs> who we are all right and how we act and how we react and when we do that and then vice versa, we will be able to get along. He has done so much. I've seen, I've seen, and he's trying to do what he needs to do to make this city a better city. And if you really look at statistics, if you really look at and follow what he has done, I really believe in my heart that he is a fair, he's a fair man.
4: But
7: most Amen. of all, he's praying man. Yeah, yes, that's he is. what I like about him, because we need someone in that capacity praying over the decisions that he's making. So, Chief, I I applaud you, and of course, I've always said to you, whatever I can do, I am here. <hacking> <solves throat> <absorbed> For this, this particular city's
3: unrest. Thank you. Thank you. S- thank you so thank much, you. Lady Daniels. I, I love you. You know that. No, know I'm praying for you and your family. I hope you're, you're doing well. Um, what a lot of people I may not realize that. is the, some of the groups I talked about, like the Kappa Clergy and Police Alliance and mm-hmm. MAG mm-hmm. Ministers mm-hmm. Against Crime. If not for Lady Daniels and her wonderful late husband, we wouldn't have those programs. They wouldn't be where wow. they are today. Yeah. Wow. Mm. She has been so involved. Right there, along with her husband for years, she is still involved, and she's not afraid to go anywhere and say what she needs to say. <laughs> <laughs> right. I tell you that yeah. right now. Right now, <laughs> and I, I have been blessed to be able to know her and just uh, get to know her a little bit. I, I look forward to getting to know her even more. And no, I love you.
6: praying for your own police officer. I have seen you lift your hands and just let the spirit have his way. Um, but I am so honored to be in your presence. I am so honored to get to know you as not the chief, but as a godly man. And I'll meet your lovely wife. So I am happy that God put a man of his own to cover the city. All right. So thank you. So much
3: for what you do. I continue to bade
6: <laughs> you
4: and keep you. Uh-huh. And I know he's gonna guide
3: you because you wanted his. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. The honor is always all mine. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I get to be around you, you're an amazing lady. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're always so supportive, so sweet. Uh, God's given you many gifts and just the encouragement you give me, I believe, is one of those. And I appreciate that more than you know. Thank I always get a smile when I see you coming yeah, around. You Right here in the end, my work the time shows the best, the best. So if you be. If we get ready to wrap it,
0: wrap it up I, <clears throat> before I allow Chief to have his last remarks, he's been doing a lot of talking. And um I didn't go out and get him no water. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's been doing That's a lot water. of talking, yeah. and we're not going to hold him alone. He's taken out of his busy schedule to be here on the Am I Worth the Time show. I'm going to ask him <clears throat> to share his last uh, comments or remarks uh, to all of our communities, Asians, Hispanics, whites, black, uh, on the things that uh, him as being chief of, of the Fort Worth Police Department, which is a pretty large department, um, I think it's like fourth or fifth uh, in in the state here or country. Um, but we're gonna ask him to share. But before he does that, let me let me encourage all of us, uh, Stevie B. And I'm gonna switch the camera so y'all can see. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but there comes a time when we got to quit having excuses and we got to do our part. Let me say that again. There comes a time when we got to quit just showing up at the city hall to bellyache when we're not doing our part. Now, God, whether wherever you are with this, whether you believe in God or whether you don't, hopefully you do. God has put someone in place. Everything gonna always be the way you want it to be. But he's put someone in place that is accountable and holding the team accountable. Can I suggest and ask us as a community of all people, do your part and hold your nephews, nieces, and cousins in, 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 in check? Do your part to go back and share uh, uh, the right teaching and complaining and, uh, and, 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 and learning to our loved ones and family members and friends in our community? Can we be uh, proactive and not just reactive? Can, can we learn, now we don't like this word, it's almost a cuss word, but it's definitely a word that God, can we learn how to obey? Can we learn how to comply? Can we get back to talking? You know, my mama used to say, anybody that's older than you, you need to obey. They Res- your uh, uh, elder. elder. Respect. That's, that's right. Yeah. So, so can we get back to just basic morals, values? Ethics, respect, caring, and love. Can we get back to talking to that? Because I know we talk about uh um uh police problems, but a lot of times it's not the police problem more, it is as an individual problem. I know we don't want to say nothing about that. I give my own self a, a hand clap on that a little bit. But um listen, 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 um many times, ladies and gentlemen, many times if the truth Just be told, regardless to where you are, there is is something that you and I have to always think about, and that's examine yourself in the process. Look at how you can help the process work a lot better. Now, you're not going to solve all problems. All problems is never intended to solve. But it should minimize some problems if we would just be respectful, obedient, caring, and loving towards one another. And it doesn't matter what color you are. We are supposed to respect each other. Doesn't matter where you're from. We are supposed to respect one another. Children, I know it. Parents, we can't talk about obeying because some of us ain't obeying. Uh Uh-oh, okay, that's for another show. But I just wanted to point out to us, ladies and gentlemen, of all the communities, let's do our part. Let's do our parts as citizens of Fort Worth, Texas. Let's do our part in our own chambers. Our own chambers, I mean our own homes. Let's talk about how we cannot be the problem but help bring solution to the problem. And one way we can bring solution to the problem is if we get back to the basic morals of life. Let me say that again. The basic morals of life. Now that's from Stevie B. I'll add more to it for I change any of it thank all of you for calling and sharing with Chief. Thank you, the young lady that called and prayed for Chief. Thank you, uh, Mike Sims, for sharing the positive side that we have seen within the Fort Worth Police Department. Thank Sir. you, Brother Jackson. Thank you, Lady uh, Jackie Bell. And anyone else, uh, you, about, you about finna miss it because we finna let Chief go. Uh, he's, got a, he's got babies to tend to, both young, small, and grown. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> that he's got to go check on, too. So I'm going to ask Chief, Chief again, thank you for taking out of your time to come to the show and share your thoughts. You have last remarks, comments, whatever.
3: Thank you so much for allowing me to be here today. This this was an honor. I I am so thankful to be where I am. God is so good because Amen. if you'd asked me a few Amen. years ago if I thought I would be the chief of police in Fort Worth, Texas, I, I would have thought you were crazy. <laughs> but God saw fit to put me here. I am not perfect. But please know the decisions I'm making are coming from the heart they coming from a good place. I'm not trying to impress anyone to get a job. I have the job right. I want. Amen. Amen. What I'm trying to do is listen to God, listen to that still small voice, listen to wise counsel from people that I respect, like the folks around this table, I'm trying to listen to the officers, I'm trying to listen to our communities, and I'm trying to listen to our city leaders and make the best decisions for the entirety yes. of that group yes. Yes. not for any one person not favoritism here or favoritism there and i know because of that i'm not going to make all of any of the groups happy what i ask is a little time to earn trust a little time to prove that we are changing culture takes time
0: yeah. amen but
3: i believe 100 percent the culture is shifting <coughs> i still believe forward police department is one of those departments at the top of the list I've seen them from across the country, from across the state. We are doing so well, but we have to do more. I am committed to that work. We have a department committed to that work. I know we have communities that are committed to that work, but I would love to see even more more folks from the communities come out. Be a part of it. Be a part of the change we want to see. Let's make it happen together. The only way we ever really get anything done is if we're all at the table, we're all part of the conversation and the decision-making, and we come away with solutions. And I believe 100% in my heart we can do that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, We are for work.
0: That we are. We are at work. Brother Jackson, before we get yes, ready to get out of here, Give us our closing prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for tuning in to the Am I Worth the Time show. We're here every Monday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We'll check you back next week. Jump right on in and have fun with us. Come on, Brother Jackson.
1: Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now as we come before your throne. We thank you again for your goodness and your mercy, your love, and all that you are. Father, we thank you for this moment that uh, we was able to share in your presence with the man that you've placed in authority over the uh, police department of the city for Fort Worth. But Lord, we just pray for the city of whole, O oh God, that each and every entity of the government shall come on one accord in unity according to your word, according to your purpose. And Lord, as we continue to pray for the city, we just pray that you uh, cover the city above, under, around each direction, O oh God, that again, your purpose uh, be glorified. So, Father, we pray for the gates of the city, O Lord, that there be holy angels at each and every gate and dimension, O God, and doorway and the spirit realm, O Lord, that would ease the tensions from communities and, and society and humanity would change, O God, to look more like you. So, Father, we thank you for we know nothing is too hard for you, and we just thank you again for allowing us to spend this time in your presence with the chief and all that were listening, O God. I pray that their hearts be touched and turned towards you first lord and and that they would continue to seek and have a hunger and thirst for your word so father again thank you we can't thank you enough for you're so great and awesome and mighty god that you are in jesus name we pray amen
0: all right ladies and gentlemen we got to get ready to get out of here i'm not gonna close with a church song i'm gonna play some frankie smith double dutch bus that's what we're gonna go with we gotta go don't be mad if you see the chief shake his booty
4: You yeah, got your fucking butt